0: Come with me now Hey, come with me now Hey, come with... Us. I don't, they're the only words I know of that. Hey,
1: listen but, you know, yeah, you, you you can do whatever you want to do. You can put me on mute. You can turn the goddamn channel for all I care. What the fuck are you doing? And you're listening to us now. So obviously you didn't hit the fucking mute
2: switch right, asshole. Let's stop talking about religious things, (laughs) let's talk about the best sport ever made. (laughs) It's not a sport. Well, sports entertainment though, isn't it?
0: Welcome to the Royal Grumble, ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Graham, and sitting to my left, uh, Mr. Extreme Rules himself, the one, the only, Daniel. Hello. Good day, and sitting to my right, the master of the one-night stand, uh, Daryl.
2: (laughs) True story, hello. (laughs)
0: <laughs> how you doing? All right. Good. I'm all right, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm good. I'm looking forward to talking about Extreme Rules, uh, but not this weekend's pay per view because we're not going to talk about that very much. We're going to talk about some of the best Extreme Rules matches that there have been in the history of the Extreme Rules pay per view. Um, Dan, how are you doing? Oh, I'm not bad. Splendid. Yeah. Are you looking forward to this?
2: Yeah. I'm high. Should be all right. I'm I've hyped. heard a rumor, sir. I've heard a rumor that Dan's not done his own work.
0: Oh, not again. I know. You know that's the second strike.
2: Is it?
1: Third strike. Does he and have you're to do out. it
2: do you have to do does he have to do it in his pants if he's not?
1: Neither of you want to see that. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Third strike and you're out. That's the rules. Right, no, um I didn't watch any matches in the build up to this. I I've got them up here, they're in my head.
2: You're really selling it to the listeners. Yes. <laughs> oh.
0: Before any of that though. Uh, wanna talk about a couple of things on Monday night raw. It's been a very slow news week this week. We didn't get the releases we expected. No. Officially Ryback is still with the company.
2: Yeah, he's just going to rot away though, isn't he?
0: Definitely. They're waiting for that contract to expire. Have we got any updates on Adam Rose?
1: No, same thing. He's just going to <laughs> Well, um, is he in jail? No, uh, he had his court appearance and his wife begged for mercy for him. So he was released on bail. Ah, I think I did hear that. Now you mention it, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. His yeah. wife, who was the witness that he was tampering. Yeah. Excellent. Judicial systems. Um, Yeah, Raw was all right. It's just one of these decent shows, but just a show, really. Um, They've sort of changed the format of Raw recently. They're now in the situation where they're putting the main event, or like the most heavily promoted segment in the second hour because the third hour is pretty much dying off and nobody wants to watch it anymore.
2: So what was in the third hour? I didn't see
0: the main event, like officially, like the last segment was the contract signing between Natalia and
1: Charlotte. Divas Revolution. He did a really good job of setting up Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> it put her over really well and I'm really excited to see what they do with her in future. Well, you're a big fan of Stephanie, aren't you? Oh, she can fuck off.
0: Batista's a big fan of Stephanie. <laughs> Did anybody see the tweet that she's, that he sent I, to I, I saw a tw-
1: his tweet.
2: I can't remember what she actually tweeted, but I do remember what Batista tweeted. She said something about like the slap could arguably be a finisher or something. And then he was like, yeah, yeah, because it, it looks good. And then he put like a little emoji. He was like, "I oh, it really gets the boys over. They put another emoji. He was like, uh, they at least get their payback. And then he was <laughs> like, oh,
0: I tried. <laughs> I'll literally read it. It's, plus it helps to get guys over. And then it's like the emoji. I, each of these emojis is essentially saying, "No, it doesn't." So, plus, it helps to get the guys over emoji, and it builds a great angle for when you get your receipt emoji. It looks good emoji, and then he just says, "I tried." <laughs> he don't give a fuck now. is in James Bond, does he? No, he shouldn't either. I'm absolutely delighted for him that he doesn't give. A- I mean, I wish he would come back because I'd like, I'd love to see him again. I think he's so entertaining, but. Why should he a shit?
1: Another person that proves put anyone in a wheelchair heel-wise and they're always entertaining. Heels on one, wheels. Heels on wheels. It's just entertaining. I, I've just seen because I've got this tweet loaded up. Stephanie's tweet, she's hashtagging everything Steph book.
2: Yeah, cause she's writing a book.
1: Yeah. Is it the book where they're going to talk about the Macho Man thing? I don't think they are. No, they, apparently they're going to mention it. They're going to finally but, say what happened.
2: No, no I think she's going to say, oh, yeah, it's just a rumour.
1: Yeah, that's probably what it'll be, but...
2: But it's just to get you to buy it, isn't it? They're not really going to address it.
1: I can't remember what it's that, or they're doing it on the match. They're doing a Matchman documentary or something.
2: No, what you Cause... what you what you done there is you've gone on to clickbait. Um, that that was <laughs> no, because that that was a thing where somebody wrote an article, go oh they're doing a macho Man documentary, uh, they're going to reveal what happened, but actually what th- this guy didn't realise is because he was a writer for a website, he doesn't like wrestling. That was the macho Man DVD they released like four years ago. Because okay. he actually put a correction on the bottom of his article going, actually, I've messed up, guys. And they've already released this DVD. Fantastic. Have you been on BuzzFeed again?
1: No, this is all Reddit. What culture, maybe? No, all Reddit. No. I just read Reddit discussions. They're
2: all quality news sites. Uh, I'm a big
1: fan of them all. Lords of Pain.
0: A <laughs> <laughs> um, couple of other things from Raw, because um, I did actually watch most of Raw this week. Um, Vince, I'm sure, is writing big Cass's promos already. Why? Like you know, I've been on this kick of Vince has seen Big Cass now, so that's it. Like yeah, he's he, gonna he's make his him. Guy. Yeah, he's his guy now. Well, this week Big Cass's promo referenced Urkel. Do you know who Urkel is, Daryl?
2: L- 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 I don't have
1: a clue. What? Okay, geeky little kid, isn't
0: he? Geeky little kid. Do you know what he's from?
1: I don't know which show. It's from an old American sitcom.
0: I, I honestly, I, I think it's Family Matters, but I, all as much as I know, it's the same it's the same as you. Oh, it might be. On the fa- anyway, whatever it is, is, it's an American sitcom from I think nineteen eighty nine. So oh. he's making all the pop culture references that Vince would get. The new era. <laughs> 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 but this is the thing. This is like a Vince. This is a Vince reference, isn't it? It's like, what are kids like these days? Looney Tunes make him say "suffering sucker tash." It's exactly the sort of mo oh, that, that, that Vince. Thank you. Cheers. I didn't. I didn't deprecate myself this time because no. I. I know I'm good at it. Yeah,
2: I just like to give you praise. Cheers. You're alright. You positive reinforcement. That's what I'm all about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> since when?
2: That's no, since last week. I all just. Right. I just turned a new leaf. Oh. Well, that's very nice. Yeah.
0: Don't. Okay. People alone are only listening to this for you to be mean to the rest of us. It's like.
1: You're ruining the dynamic. Yeah. Don't, I don't ruin
0: the. People I...
2: won't, won't want to do that.
0: Don't ruin the dynam- dynamic
2: dynamite, Daryl.
0: I don't know what that is.
2: <laughs> Liar. <laughs> I suppose this is the time where I should say I do not owe you money
0: <laughs> I didn't say you worked for 1PW
1: I will d- now I, d-
2: I, d- I never did <laughs> You did though No, that wasn't me
0: <laughs> oh, Fantastic Oh, by the way, um, hello to Danny Glover Hello Danny That's all
2: I once locked, even... locked him in a cage Did you? You yeah. locked Danny Glover in a cage That's, yeah, pretty impressive, that's a true it? story though. That's fantastic
0: Not many people have locked Danny Glover in a cage just going to leave that there. Yeah. Um, speaking of locked in a cage, uh, they've announced... A... That
2: was so smooth.
0: It wasn't until you pointed it out.
2: But like, this is like we're professionals. we decide, We decided to act like we know what we're doing. We don't actually prepare. And I made an off-cuff reference to something that no, not many people get. And you were like, "There's cages involved in wrestling. We're actually doing this, aren't we? We've got microphones and everything. <laughs>
0: We were doing it until you pointed all that out and ruined it, yeah. <laughs> to carry on. Speaking of Locked in a Cage, smooth transition. Um they've had this segment between Dean Ambrose and Chris Jericho this week, which led to Ambrose challenging Jericho to a match. Jericho just accepted without finding out what type of match it is because obviously it's Extreme Rules. uh, Well, today, actually, I suppose, if you're listening to the day that this was released. If you're not, it's probably gone past. And um, they said it's going to be an asylum match. Now, essentially what happened, I don't know if you... You did watch it, I think, Daryl. Yeah. Dan, I don't think you've seen it. Um, They lowered a cage. They they lowered it completely around. Yeah, they lowered the the cage, yeah. Yeah. And it had, like, a straight jacket... Uh, potted plant which fair enough that's a reference right Mm. I'm okay with that barbed wire 2x4 barbed wire 2x4 and a couple of other weapons and stuff and Ambrose described this as like this is an asylum match you can't win by leaving the cage through the door or climbing over although I'm not sure how they're intending to stop people from climbing over anyway but they'll have some
2: well you just can't win it so I'm guessing that like you can climb out of it but then the match still carries on
0: well I know what you mean but then he also said you can't climb out like that was quite specifically something you said so and my feeling is if I'm Chris Jericho of course I can it's just stop just there I'll just pop up there see you later. so I guess they'll have something about that I hope
2: it looked, like, uh, it looked like TNA's Raven's Clockwork Orange House of Fun match from back in Asylum days I think that's why they call it Asylum match uh,
1: just referencing Raven isn't it
0: ah uh, yeah that makes sense Dan did you know that
1: I knew it was in TNA but I didn't know the match ah
0: uh. I'll oh, see, you've got, you got to do your homework like Daryl does. I should, really. F+. Plus.
1: It's
0: all right. It's a, it's a pass. Yeah. Um, that's about it, really. I just wanted to point out that the third hour, as I say, was uh, burying
1: everyone. Uh, just before we move on from that, Jericho's uh, tweet that's been going around a lot, uh, someone that tweeted him asking, what's the point in the cage having a door if it's no escape in this cage match? And Jericho just tweeted them back saying, so we can get into the ring, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Just heel Jericho. He's really entertaining on Twitter and stuff. I did see that. I thought that was quite funny. Although
0: heel Jericho on Twitter annoys me a bit because he literally swaps from tweet to tweet between heel Jericho and Twitter and, hi, I'm Chris Jericho, listen to my podcast. I've got Fozzy
1: album art. You'll like it if you've not grown up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I do find it funny that when he tours over here, loads of people go to shows and he goes, he writes his books. He's like, we're really popular. It's like, no, Chris, they're just wrestling fans coming to meet you after the gig because you're doing a gig in a pub in Plymouth.
1: <laughs> can we go? Definitely not. We could review it. I actively refuse to do that. You I, I, can go. I've actually been to a Fozzy gig and it was shite.
0: He's been to oh, he's been to all the gigs, hasn't he? Evanescence, Fozzy. Yeah. All, all the The fuzzy on one, games. It was.
1: Uh, I was with a group of people who wanted to go see it, and I thought, why not? I've got nothing better to do. Could have had a walk around Asda. That's what I'd have done. Yeah, I, that, I'd done that like every other day that week. <laughs> I know, do you
0: know, genuinely, of the two, I know which one I'd rather do. <laughs> you can buy all sorts in Asda, especially that Superstore one. It's massive.
1: Yeah, that was a favourite.
0: <laughs> uh, not much. Oh, um, I know something I wanted to bring up with you. Uh, The. Youngbox are injured. Yes. And they're out of the best of the super juniors.
1: Yeah, um, I, I was trying to watch that this morning, but I didn't get the chance. I only got to see one match. Were well, they both but, injured? Yeah, mm. both of them are injured. One of them broke his wrist, I think, and the other one, it's a rib injury. But they're both out. They've been replaced in the tournament by Chase Owens, who I know nothing about. He's in the Bullet Club. Yeah, he's in the Bullet Club. I think he made like one or two appearances for them. That was it. And then David Finlay, who's one of the Young Lions, who is Fit Finlay's kid. And he's actually half-decent, but he's kind of just a job guy. Uh, I saw his match against Rocky Romero, which was half-decent.
0: The funny thing is, um, I know that one of them, I'm pretty sure it's Chase Owens, is facing Will Osprey in the first round. I remember listening to The Wrestling Observer, which is the radio show, not a podcast, so you're allowed to listen to that. That's yep. okay. okay. Um, and... Dave was like, oh, well, these guys, they're just in there to be job guys. And I was like, you know that the first thing they're going to do is have Chase Owens or something beat Will Ospreay straight away.
1: I don't think they'll have him beat Will Ospreay. Oh, I think they might. He's coming to the company with a title shot and he's been put aside, put next to the former IWGP champion. He was champion at the time he came in. They obviously have big plans for him. And Meltzer would just lose his shit if Will Osprey lost a match to anyone who wasn't like Kushida or something.
0: Well... I know what you're saying, and I, you know, I, I, don't understand Japanese wrestling nearly as well as you do. But at the same time, I know they do have a tendency of bringing people in, even if they are big deals, and lo- making them lose. To yeah. sort of, it's a respect thing, I believe. They usually
1: do, but the reason Will Ospreay got brought over was a recommendation from Okada. Mm-hmm. Like that was actually how we did it. He had a match with him in London, and Okada went back to New Japan, and said, "This guy's brilliant. Why aren't we booking him?" So they have got big things for him. So, it's not like they do with Jay White, Dave Finlay, uh, Juice Robinson, and all those guys. He's been brought in at a higher tier. I just. I hope that's
0: what happens. I hope that he does, in fact, keep at a higher tier, and he deserves to, from everything I understand. I've not seen a lot of him, but I do get the impression that he's very good and people are very high on him. Um, I hope he does very well, especially because he's British, obviously. Yeah.
1: But. He even I gets like non wrestling stuff now because he was on Scroobius Pip's podcast this week, which I haven't listened to yet. And a lot of people were tweet like, uh, Scroobius Pip was tweeting out people, non wrestling fans, saying, I don't watch wrestling, but this guy's such an inspiration and stuff. So he's obviously got some marketability and he's got something to his personality. So it seems a good call by New Japan to get him under contract.
0: Scroobius Pip, Pip has a mate called Dan Lasak. That yes. As much as I know about Scroobius Pip. I don't know who he is. <laughs> I know. That's why I was telling you. Okay. Uh oh, and um they announced when the Cruiserweight classic is going to be. July? I believe so. Um it's getting taped on I think oh no, it's getting taped on June the twenty third as the first show. Uh, because I think um people who were at the last full sale NXT taping got the chance to purchased tickets recently i think the majority of them are sold out the setup is slightly different to what they did for the nxt shows there's like a aerial shot with the tickets and whatever else like that and um i believe the entrance is slightly reduced so they can fit a few more people into it so okay. it should look slightly different but the logo is just a bit sort of average it's yeah. like they've taken two c's from the old wcw logo you know like the classic yeah sort of blocky one and chop them next to a WWE logo, and that says CWC, which is Cruiserweight Classic.
2: Do you think they've done that on purpose? Because it's like C it's the same letters as WCW. I do wonder. <laughs> uh, but it should be good. I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, our old mate. No, I'm in it. No, I'm
0: Not front and center, but front and left yeah. on the uh, on the advertising. And he deserves it. He's brilliant. Yeah. Plus, I'll be honest. He's not a bad looking guy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say it. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm comfortable with my sexuality. All
1: right. Cool. Anyway,
0: um, let's move on to our main topic then. So we're going to talk about some of the best Extreme Rules matches in WWE since the inception of the pay-per-view. Now, I should clarify, we are not counting anything from the ECW One Night Stand period or WWE One Night Stand period. This is just from when it became Extreme Rules, uh, which... It sort of became an umbrella term for like hardcore matches after a while, didn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. Some of them aren't hardcore matches, though, are they? <laughs> I know what you mean, <laughs> but yeah. What I mean is, though, like
0: often on Raw, they'll have like, oh, we're gonna have an extreme rules match or stuff like that. And at a certain point, it that became the umbrella term rather than like in the sort of Attitude Era and stuff. It'd be we're gonna have a hardcore match. Yeah. I think because there's connotations to hardcore that they probably don't want in a PG era.
2: Yeah, I think because when it were one-night stand, I think the second one-night stand they did, when they were transitioning into a brand, I think everything on there was an Extreme Rules match and then ECW had Extreme Rules matches and then they sort of took that turn from there, didn't they? That's right, yeah. Um, something I didn't realise,
0: by the way, not that this is specifically related to anything we're talking about, thats that um, I'd forgotten that the first Extreme Rules took place whilst ECW was still a brand. In my head, it was like, the one-night-stand ones were all when ECW was a brand, even when it was WWE
1: one-night-stand, because they had that. It's because in everyone has stopped watching ECW.
0: Uh, I think finding will ECW was better than anything else on the telly. Yeah, it were fucking mint.
1: Who was, who was ECW champion at uh, that time, so I remember?
2: Uh, fucking Jack Swagger. <laughs> <laughs> Just lost it before Extreme, uh, Extreme Rules 2009, I'll have you know. Okay. I know that,
0: because I watched Jack Swagger's match at Extreme Rules 2009. Daryl, do you remember who Jack Swarika had a match with? I do, because I've got it wrote out on my notes. <laughs> Splendid. Right. should we? I'm going to dive straight into that. Do you have anything from Extreme Rules 2009, Daniel?
1: I have uh, one or two matches. Um, the first one I have is the Jericho versus Ray feud, which we mentioned when we were talking about the Intercontinental title a few weeks ago. And I just remembered that match because it, it was in the middle of their feud. I think that was just um, title versus mask. Yes. That match. And um, it was one of those where... no. No, it was, wasn't title was, versus mass. Was no, it, it was the just for the title. It, just for the title. It was a no hold
0: bars match. For, no holds barred. Sorry, match for the title.
1: But um, it goes with the wider point because uh, Extreme Rules. I can't remember. If it came the same year as we got the Hell in the Cell pay per view and all yeah, these ones yeah. like that. Yeah.
2: So that they these this was like the first year they did the um, gimmick pay per views. Yes, you had Fatal Four Way. Yeah, that, that were a quality
1: pay per view So like, <laughs> some of the matches I put on my list for later. Like this is the perfect one where it was a feud where it made sense to have a decent match in the middle of it that was no holes barred because it was a heated feud. Whereas a lot of the matches on these gimmick pay-per-views tend to just be shoehorned into it like whenever a big show has a chairs match or a stairs match or any bullshit like that.
0: TLC and stairs. I <laughs> uh, bet We'll get to that one day, I think. I, in fact, I'd like to make a make an early promise now that one day we'll have some sort of podcast where we make a special focus on the big show against Eric Rowan <laughs> stairs match. <laughs> Been our special. <laughs> and So I watched... Extreme Rules 2009, or at least I watched the ECW title match, which was Christian, who I believe was a champion at the time, against Jack Swagger, who, as you said, was a former champion,
2: against Tommy Dreamer, Yep, who was putting his career on the line. Yes, that's right. He had his contract expired the day before Extreme Rules, Mm -hmm. and ECW general manager and now former wife of Drew McIntyre, Tiffany... Um, extended his contract. <laughs> We're having a bit of a little giggle because uh, Tiffany beat Drew McIntyre up. We're just laughing at domestic abuse, basically. I, I wasn't laughing at that. I was laughing at just Drew McIntyre in general. Okay, he it, features later on in, in he's my He's my
0: boy. Like in terms of in a similar way to the fact that Jack Swagger is your boy. Yeah, he does feature in one, one of the later matches, which we'll definitely get to. I'm looking forward to that. But um, you know, Drew McIntyre, he, he didn't do very well, did he?
2: No, he I, he, he was destined now. for greatness.
0: Apparently so. But when your destined for greatness gimmick involves talking monotonously and essentially just repeating the same words, probably not great. Um so go on. Do you tell me what you want to say about uh
2: this ECW championship match. Well, Tommy Dreamer's a weird one, isn't he? Like he shouldn't he shouldn't be a wrestler, should he? <laughs> if you look at him, like, he's literally wrestling Tracky Bottoms in a t-shirt. That's why I've got on now, listeners. Tracky Bottoms and a t-shirt. I could be Tommy Dreamer.
1: Well, back in when he first started, he did have, like, the body and everything. He used to come out in suspenders because he was, like, a pretty boy babyface. And then it was as he became, like, the ECW martyr, uh, he started just wearing the t-shirts to show he was ECW through and through and then just switched out to Tracky Bottoms because he got a bit fat. And he stopped taking care of his body because he didn't have to show it off anymore. He should have retired a long time before that match anyway. He's still going.
2: Well, well, spoiler alert, Dan, he didn't retire after this match because he won the ECW title. So he got to keep his career. For the second time? Yeah. However, Matt Stryker on commentary is the most fucking annoying bastard I think (laughs) I've ever heard. Because that's one thing watching some of these back is I've re-experienced Matt Stryker and Booker T. (laughs) <laughs> on commentary yeah so it's matt striker in 2009 and at the end of the match when tommy dreamer wins he says thomas john lachlan has achieved his dream or some bullshit like that and i'm like but he's called tommy dreamer yeah it's not like edge if edge had done it and he went oh adam copeland has achieved his dream i kind of understand that because edge cannot be a name no one's chris- <laughs> christening
0: the child edge uh what about the u2 guy so
2: in the edge yeah, well, two first words, name two D, yeah. surname Edge. Yeah, whereas Edge is just one word. Like, yeah. like Bono. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. you <laughs> pissed Bono off now. We're <laughs> fucked.
1: Him and Madonna are going to come after you.
0: And Cher. <laughs> and, you know, Moses.
2: Ronaldo. There are others. <laughs> um, yeah, so Matt Stryker's really annoying. Yeah. Th- that's one he of was, my notes on the match. He was dog
0: shit. Do you know, the funny thing is, I remember when he first started commentating, and he sort of... He would talk about things with a bit of a passion, and I think at that time that like a lot of the commentary teams were really stale, and it was like, oh, this guy actually seems to care about what he's talking about. It's interesting. No, no, we were all wrong if we ever said that. No, I
2: think we, and I think we were right for it to we start were, no. with, and then he went a bit mental, and he decided, oh no, they all love me. I'm gonna do it more, mm, and he went, right. he went too far.
1: That's what I think happened. You know what's worse now? Because he does he he did do New Japan until recently. And he does Lucha Underground. And now that he's not got Vince Barking in his ear, he's actually worse for that type of shit. I believe. Just that. some of the smarky bullshit he comes out with. It's really frustrating. I'm so glad they replaced him with Steve Carino. Just
0: yeah, he was really terrible. And that that I I remember very specifically watching that and thinking that Thomas John Lachland or whatever it was just shut up, Matt Stryker. But then he was really bad for that at that time because I remember Christian coming in, Christian's debut on ECW, which, by the way, was so (laughs) underwhelming because there was all that hype about was he going to debut at the Royal Rumble? Was he going to take out Edge? Was he going to take out Jeff Hardy? And it turned out to be like Matt Hardy hitting Jeff Hardy in that terrible match. And that led to that awful promo where Matt Hardy sat on a chair and they had to put music behind it so that people had to care. Which actually led to the Extreme Rules match that you watched at uh, WrestleMania 25, but I digress. Um, When Christian debuts in ECW, first of all, there's like 10 seconds of silence before I think it's Todd Grisham goes, it's Christian? It's just the most (laughs) underwhelming thing. And Matt Stryker clearly goes in his head, right, I've got to save this. I've got to come out with a JR-style line that'll make this moment worthwhile listening to, worthwhile remembering. And he goes, this moment has just become instantly classic. Oh. Oh, reference. Because TNA had been calling Christian the instant classic. And the crowd went mild. (laughs) And then Christian interrupted Jack Swagger and hurt him a bit.
2: Yeah. But yeah, like, he's just... I think all the commentary teams are a bit shit, aren't they? But... What made it quite enjoyable is Jerry the King Lawler fucking hates him. <laughs> yeah, it's so obvious, isn't it? <laughs> like, like to the point where, like, Michael Cole has to be like, "Right, right, guys, let's just call the match." Like, partway through, it, he, he says, "Let let us get let's let's call the match because they're just bickering." <laughs> um,
1: there was something on Reddit that just a few days ago where someone pointed out Matt Stryker made references like one or two times to the fact Jerry the King Lawler was tried for having sex with an underage girl.
0: Uh, he did didn't he do you yeah. know I can't even remember when it was but I think he did make some reference about that I don't know how he kept his job after that
1: it was something along the lines like Jerry King all that oh yeah this girl's only 20 it's like that's a bit old for you though isn't it Jerry
0: I don't know if he went as far as that that's I the quote that's going it around was, <laughs> it was something like that but I don't think it might have been as overt as that it was something sort of subversive and I remember I do remember hearing that actually I feel like that was probably towards the end of his
2: time Matt Stryker the match was alright I realised I realised that we've just whinged about that striker. For...
0: <laughs> well, he dominated the match, so we dominated him.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's definitely not one of the best matches. I just think I watched it because it had Jack Swagger in it, Possibly. and there was there was some other stuff on 2000, 2009 I wanted to watch.
0: Who got who got pinned in that match, Daryl?
2: Anyway, there's some other stuff two thousand nine <laughs> that I wanted to watch, so that's why I put that one on. It's just because I saw Swagger, I was like, oh, maybe maybe he has a good match. Yeah. Um. What else did
0: from two thousand nine did you want to watch? Because um, we're not going to go through each match and each pay-per-view. No, we're just no. going to sort of stagger it a little bit and talk about it. And then I've got something I'm going to get the two of you to engage in to see what... Uh... Are we going
1: to have to cut this one?
0: No, we're not going to cut this one, don't worry.
2: <laughs> um, You'll never know. <laughs> right, so I, I watched uh, two more matches in 09, but I'm not going to talk about one of them uh, a lot. So I watched Punk versus Umaga in a strap match. Partially because I wanted to see if the strap match was shit, because they're usually shit. And it was alright. It was good. Because, like, Umaga's pretty decent. Well, CM Punk was good back then, and Umaga's good.
0: Something I noticed on the description uh, on the WWE Network is, obviously it says, like, uh, Jeff Hardy takes on Edge in a ladder match. Um, uh, Tommy Dreamer, uh, Christian Defenses' ECW title against Tommy Dreamer and Jack Swagger, And then it says, CM Punk is in action in a Samoan strap match.
2: How do did not mention him. No, not
0: in the description. But that's
2: really weird because they've released an action figure of him like in the past four months. I so don't like, know. I
0: think it might be something that when they uploaded it, they were doing it, and they probably haven't changed it.
2: Yeah, because I was like, it's not like the. Cause it's not like he he did a Benoit. He he just he 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 had it was drug related, I guess. I, but it
1: was a heart attack.
0: If you remember, they didn't yeah. um, they didn't put a title card out for him either. Oh, you know right. when you know like yeah. the raw after, they didn't put a title. So I think there was a short period. When they weren't mentioning him at all, and I think this will either have been like the description will have been edited at the time. I don't think they're as bothered about it now because they're quite happy to talk about Amaga. In fact, I think the USOs even got a reference to Amaga on commentary on. Raw yeah, well, they on
2: do there. that move down there used to where he, this the opponent sat in the corner, and then they run and like shove their ass in his face like yeah. really quick, not like Rikishi.
0: Yes yeah um, that was yeah i think they literally referenced him on commentary so they're not even bothered about it now but i think that's probably a relic from when they were oh, okay but it, it just seemed really stupid to me because it was like cm in action in a samoan strap match It's like well clearly he's taking on a samoan <laughs> then and there's not been that many who have made any sort of success in wwe in that kind of time period
2: so you're probably going to know who it is yeah okay. so yeah so that that was uh pretty enjoyable but the only reason I watched that is because I knew what happened in the actual match that I wanted to see, mm-hmm. uh, which is Jeff Hardy versus Edge. Uh, I can't remember if it was a TLC or just a ladder match. It's just a ladder match, I think. Right, and so that's that's really weird because I did actually watch this match, but I can't remember which <laughs> what match it was. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, Jeff Hardy versus Edge uh, for the world title in a ladder match. Had Jeff Hardy won the belt before this? He won it at Armageddon two thousand and maybe. Because Armageddon 09 yeah. would have been at the end of the year. Armageddon's usually in yeah. December. No, I feel, so like,
0: this... I feel like he'd want it at Armageddon 08. I'm not. It, okay. We'll check on it. We've
2: got a yeah. facts man on it. Because, like, he um, he won the belt anyway. And I used to like Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Obviously, when I was, like, younger, I was like, oh, he's, he's like, the cool Hardy boy, weren't he? Because my Hardy's, like, a bit, bit of a boring bastard. And fat. Yeah, he went fat back in the day, wasn't he? He was just a boring bastard, were not he? Because yeah. I always just think, why does Lita want to shag him when he, she could shag <laughs> Jeff Hardy? <laughs> but then I was like thinking, because Jeff Hardy's getting all babes, isn't he? So like, he don't want to touch Lita. So yeah, so Jeff Hardy and Edge um, have their match. Um, that's really good because like Edge is like on fire at that point. He's doing the world. He's having his world title reign. I think he's bossing SmackDown at that point. Jeff Hardy just getting into main event scene, or he's been in it. For a while, but like he's 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 still a fairly fresh new main eventer in in the sense that he's not been there years on top of card. Um, and they have a really good ladder match, and obviously they're known for TLCs and tag team ladder match stuff like that. So it's sort of like a nod to their past, but yeah. also it's like well these two are the main event, and then CM Punk comes down and and cashes in his world is uh, money in the bank yeah. to win the world every title which which was really good.
0: It was really good. I, the whole finish of that match is great. Um, I watched it as well. And the first thing I noticed was that with JR and... Uh, is it Todd Grisham? Yeah, on commentary? yeah. JR's almost playing the collar guy, isn't he? Like, yeah, because Todd probably can't. No, which is fair enough. Yeah. I, mean, I I thought it was quite good. Was it Todd Grisham or was it Josh Matthews?
1: Oh, I, th- I, I think, think it's Grish- Todd Grisham, because uh, yeah.
0: I think Josh Matthews was with, with Matt Stryker, so correct what I said earlier on. But... Um, they were quite good. I quite like them as a commentary duo. But it's interesting to hear JR as the sort of character. And I think it adds a lot to the match. Plus, also
2: then after the match, he comes out as if to interview. Yeah, yeah, he Jeff did. Hardy. Yeah. Which, which, that sh- would have rang alarm bells when we, like, when you first watched the pay per view, because they didn't used to do that. I don't think it would, though. I think it was a clever way of making you think,
0: like, almost putting the idea of someone cashing out cashing in out of your mind, because you would think, well, they're about to do an interview, so there's no reason why someone would come out. Yeah, but they don't out. do interviews, do they, after
2: matches? Or very rarely. That's so- true,
0: but with JR in the ring, you wouldn't immediately go, "Oh, well, someone's kind of cashing in then, you know? Yes, yeah, But you didn't even get the chance to speak, because then the cash-in occurred. Yeah. One thing I did find quite amusing was um, JR saying, the ha- the Hardy Party has started. It just yeah, think- <laughs> <laughs> the Vardy
2: Party. The Vardy Party started, Jeff Hardy's having a party yeah because listeners just, just for reference we now live in a world where Leicester have won the Premier League <laughs> I like this world I think Jeff
0: Hardy and Jamie Vardy would get on quite well
2: um, I'm enjoying the Vardy party I I'll just, say that Jamie Vardy you're, you're alright I'd
0: just like to talk about some wrestling yeah uh, so it's good that we cut that bit out isn't it Dan yeah yeah good choice yeah uh, <laughs> But fuck me. <laughs> you know, to be fair, as soon as Daryl wants to disassociate himself with something, it's time to cut it out. Um, I'm really looking forward to people trying to figure out that one. That should be fun.
2: They'll probably just Google it. It'll probably be
0: um, Yeah, the, the cash-in match as well was really good because it led to that whole period of SmackDown. That was when I was watching SmackDown constantly. I don't even think I was watching Raw a lot at the time, but the whole that whole period of time, I think from probably about WrestleMania until... I'm not quite sure when it would sort of like ended, but they had the CM Punk constantly trying to cash in thing, but Umaga kept stopping him, and then that led to this match. That was the CM Punk
2: slow heel turn. Yes, yeah, so, so with this part of the feud where CM Punk had the match with Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy left. Yes. And then he came out dressed as Jeff Hardy. Yes, it was, which was <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: fantastic. <laughs> for as much as
2: I uh, like,
0: like, have a go at CM Punk for his actual human personality. like As a wrestler, he's fantastic. And that's, in terms of like, on-screen personality, that was brilliant.
2: Well, he's playing a heel and he's a twat, in not he? It's hilarious. So... It was truly hilarious. Um, anything else from 2009? Uh, let me have a look at my notes. I do have a match from 2009, but I don't know if you want to talk about it now or save it till the end. Well,
0: Did maybe you... we should punctuate it with stuff like this. So I think okay. you should talk about this match okay. from 2009.
2: So my match is... Um, Santino versus Vicky and Charvo in a <laughs> handicap hog pen match for the title of Miss WrestleMania.
0: Now, let's add some context to this. This was, what, two, maybe three months removed from WrestleMania, right? Yep. And do you have a bit of an insight into the feud, Daryl? Because um, I do if you don't.
2: Some people, or I don't know who it was, were calling <coughs> Vicky, hey. Vicky Guerrero a pig or piggy. That's what I got from it. Probably I can't the, remember what happened. Probably but, the writers. And, yeah. And Vince. Well, it was around this time, I think. I sent WWE an email. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. It was around the B Star campaign. I don't know if it was around this time. <laughs> Fantastic. Go on. But I actually sent him an email because they ripped the piss out of Jr. For no reason, and I was like, this was before his podcast, and before I thought he was a twat, mm-hmm. and I was like, I quite like Jr., so I'm gonna send him an email. So I sent the B Star campaign an email. And i highlighted every single point they made about JR and why it was bullying. But then I thought, well, I can take this further. Yep. Vicky Guerrero's not even that fat. So I was like, right, well, why are you calling her a pig live on air? Because it's misogynistic. And also, she's not even fat. And then I was like, little midget fella Rollswaggle, he's done no wrong. <laughs> you call him little bastard at one point. So, I feel like
0: you're sort of ruining your own point by referring to him that way, but go on.
2: I didn't call him that in the email. Oh, that's all right. They right. don't know I'm a horrible human being. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I, so I sent him an email highlighting all this. So, I feel like I did a good deed. Did you get any response? Uh, no. Uh,
0: that's deb- I thought they'd at least had some kind of standard response sending back, like, WWE works closely with our BSR partners and our storylines are not representative of the real people. You know, something like that.
2: Yeah, I thought I'd get that, but I never did. Right, So to the hog pen, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so the referee's wading in his giant wellies. Have you watched this, Dan, at all? I know uh, you did,
1: I watched it at the time, yeah, but,
2: okay. Yeah. Um,
1: I don't really remember anything about this right, match. So, in my <laughs>
2: list of like top two hog pen matches, um, it falls in number two behind Triple H versus Henry Godwin. I was
1: gonna say, I remember much more about the Henry Godwin match than I do this one,
2: yeah. So it. it Basically, it was meant to just be Santina versus Vicky. But then I think they realised we can't do much man on woman violence. So they were like, we need to get Chavo in it as well. So Chavo comes out in his trousers and a shirt. And uh, Vicky's like, yeah, I've made it a handicap match. And she, he's like, but I'm wearing nice clothes. She's fucking getting an pen. So them two have a bit of a scrap. Um, and then Vicky gets in. She has a bit of a scrap with Santina. And then Santina wins and wins the Miss WrestleMania thing. And then funniest part of it is Vicky being all Mardi in the hog pen, Chavo trying to console her and then tries to wipe a bit of muck off of her dress, but obviously his hands are covered in filth and he's going, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm cleaning you off Ah <laughs> oh, and this
0: is what, four years removed from Eddie Guerrero's death. Yeah. And they've got his widow and his nephew on TV being literally covered in shit. WWE. Yeah, but, but that's brilliant. not
2: disrespectful to Eddie Guerrero.
0: Oh no, it's not. It no, just, no, It just amuses me that clearly at some point they were like, right.
1: In terms of the disrespect of Eddie Guerrero, that is very low down the list of some of the stuff they did. Oh,
0: I wasn't talking about it in terms of that. I was just talking about it in terms of like there was clearly a cutoff point at which they were like, right, we we have to stop treating treating them with kid gloves now. Let's make them get in a pool of shit and fight each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's great. Um. I'm going to try and move us along because I don't want to sort of dwell too much on each year. Uh, Dan, I'd like to get some of your picks from Extreme Rules. Can you give us maybe some something from 2010 or something later if you want of like a match that you particularly remember enjoying. Uh,
1: The 2010 one. I've got two notes on that. First, the poster. That's the one I always remember because it's Sheamus with that. It's just his big white pale face, (laughs) and I just remember that poster really well. Uh, but then it had the Cena and Batista last man standing match, which seemed to be Ugh. as part of the route of Cena winning last man standing matches by time by using the ring ropes or the ring posts. I think this was the first time they did it. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, wasn't the well the Umaga match was a bit before this because Umaga was still undefeated when he had the last man standing match with Cena. Right. That was at the Royal Rumble that year, and. Uh, the year before it was 2009 Mm -hmm. and they did the match where um cena won by umago undid the ropes but then cena choked out umago with the rope and it was the first time like it was a pretty decent ending for it and then a year later they're they're using duct tape instead of the ropes to tie batista down to the ring post (laughs) yeah this this was the first time and it wasn't the last um
0: i guess when you look at it it's it's a novel finish in theory like it's a it's a different way to do it, a different way to physically keep someone down.
2: Right. So if Santina and Vicky Guerrero were having a last man standing, last woman standing match, last yep. transgender slash woman standing, whatever Santina classes as, right? Okay. And one of them duct taped the other down. Ha ha ha! Yeah, I'll yeah. have a laugh. I'd laughed at that. Not your world title match. No. It was clearly like that was when they were
0: really sort of transitioning to the PG thing, and I'm not one of these people who rags on PG, but. It must have been the point of, well, we need to figure out some way that John Cena can keep Batista down, but we can't have him, like, pagger him and make him bleed. Now, they could have done any number of things, but clearly someone was like, well, why don't we have him outsmart him? Yeah, that'll really... And then if he ties his leg, and then he'll be stuck to the ground. It's such a good finish that I'm sure they used it at least
2: twice more. They have used it again. Cena's done it again, I'm I'm pretty sure he has. Cena
0: did it once more. I can't remember when, but Cena definitely did it once more. And I feel like Alberto Del Rio did it. In a match against Big Show, you remember he had a he had a Last Man Standing match against did Big he, Show. Did he not pile a table on top of Big Show? as that well, was a this different is the match? thing? They had two matches, right, okay. Last Man Standing matches. Uh, one of them was on SmackDown, and one of them was on the pay per view. And I can't remember. One of them he definitely just piled stuff on top of him. I think on the second one he tried to do it and it didn't work. So I'm sure he tied him down in the same yeah,
2: way. It's, it's just a bit shit, isn't it? It,
0: it is really. I mean, I. I appreciate the idea that they were trying to do something different, but it just doesn't work.
1: Yeah. I mean, the other thing about it as well is there was a long period where Last Man Standing matches were pretty much, it was the pay-per-view before WrestleMania, there'd be a Last Man Standing match. And I specifically remember WrestleMania 20 for this. Last Man Standing matches came to be a double disqualification every time. Mm -hmm. Like both people would stay down and you, oh, this isn't a feud ender. This is the big match before the final match. So that was it. Was during the time where we like oh let's make the last man standing something again, but then, you know, duct tape finishers and stuff. I didn't mind it at the time because Batista was genuinely entertaining with his because he, he was pissed off that he kept getting screwed over for the title how he saw it. He wasn't getting beaten properly, but he was getting just he was getting outsmarted every time, and it led to him quitting in a wheelchair. <laughs> <sighs>
0: On a related note to that, I think, I'm sure it was a year after, was. John Cena against Ryback in the Last Man Standing match for the title. Yeah, and that one, that one went to a double ending, a double counter ending yeah. when Ryback lobbed him through the stage. I I literally watched this and I can't even remember which year it was, but it was the it was the month after WrestleMania twenty nine, which we attended.
2: Okay, so that'd be two thousand and
0: thirteen. That well, so it mustn't it must have been a couple of years after then. Wow, okay, yeah. it was as long as that. Well, anyway, it was John Cena against Ryback and. It went to a no contest because they got chucked through the stage. They had so many Last Man Standing matches at the month after WrestleMania, don't they? Because they had that Edge and John Cena one after WrestleMania 25. Yeah. I think that was Backlash because I think they still had Backlash back then. Yeah, they did, yeah. And that was when Big Show lobbed in through the light. Yeah. Because the 2009 Extreme Rules has that Big Show against John Cena submission match, which... The whole point was that Big Show kept putting John Cena in the big um, camel clutch, colossal clutch or whatever, and then John Cena, to try and beat him, had to wrap his legs up in the rope and do the crossface on him as if it was a big STF, but Big Show's leg comes loose from the rope, so the camera has to, it goes for a wide shot, panning down to John Cena just putting the crossface on Big Show, and then they switch to another angle, it's just blatantly obvious that Big Show's holding his (laughs) leg up, but the leg's not tied up in the ropes. Not a high quality match. Um, but we will talk about some better matches again,
2: having talked about those two.
0: Daryl, something else? Something good?
2: Uh, Shield versus Evolution 2014. Oh, I love that match. Go on. Um, so it's just, it's Shield at the height of their popularity, at the height of their top quality matches. You got Roman Reigns when he was over. <laughs> <laughs> Roman Reigns when everybody thought he would be something, including me. Remember that? Yeah, like he was so over in this match as well. Like he was clearly the focus because when they like do the entrance, they come through the crowd. It's on him for most of it. Uh, he does his bit. They do the triple powerbomb spot. And he does that thing where he sort of like growls before it, and all the crowd do it with him. Mm-hmm. Like everybody wants wants Roman Reigns to to win, wants Shield to win. Uh, Evolution are good in this as well. Um, commentary's bigging them all up. Like I think they said, like they won like thirty eight titles between them or something mental like that. But then the Point Shielder as well saying, well they're going to be future greats. They're not like burying someone that like that tends to happen when Triple H in a match because everybody panics and like oh, we we better bury his opponent. <laughs> <laughs> this whole match was just fantastic.
0: Um, it was as you say they were really at the height of their powers, and you look back at stuff like this and stuff within the Shield and you go, how have they fucked Roman Reigns up so badly? How have they done so poorly with him? Even a few months before that was that Royal Rumble where Batista loved him out last, but he got the record. And I'm still... I mean, I've mentioned it before. I'll say it again. I'm still sure they were—they wish they'd just put him in the main event of that WrestleMania because he was so over. doesn't matter because he wasn't wasn't significantly worse than he is now. And this whole match, it felt like a big fight match, but then they were having these matches all the time. They had the match with the Wyatts at... Yeah. Was it Elimination Chamber? Yeah, I
2: yeah. think so, yeah.
0: That was the big six man that was fantastic. Yeah. Um,
1: the one the month after this was the one where, didn't the Shield go three and zero on an Elimination match with him?
0: Yes, they did. Yeah, because that was the night before Rollins turned. Yeah. Because um, it was just as Batista did that did that like Queen's Wave when he left. <laughs> triple h says oh you understand right now you've got to work for evolution he's like i understand and i quit bye and he just has that flat face batista's (laughs) just got this full-on stone face just waving and that's the last we saw batista in wwe to this point um
1: what's he done since then
0: what batista yeah uh he's been in Spectre. He's done all right, Annie. He? Yeah, he's done. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's doing all right. in a couple of films. Gal- Gal- yeah, Galaxy. Galaxy. Yeah, he's done okay. Yeah.
1: Seems to be doing all right without it. Yeah. Good on
0: him. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So he's he's all right, him. Ah, yeah, he's not bad. Yeah. Uh was he was he Blue Teaster in this match? as well? Yeah. No. Uh, no,
1: it was, was the month after.
2: No, because right. I thought he was, yeah. um, but he came out in red red trunks. <laughs> That's a shame. Blue
0: Teaster is fantastic <laughs> with the flat cap and everything. <laughs> It's excellent. Uh, this is is this match where Rollins does a dive. Yeah, he does a mental dive.
2: Yeah, yeah. esque yeah. dive. Yeah, like I I forgot he'd done that. So when when I when I watched because I I knew the match was good but I couldn't remember what happened in it. Hmm. And uh, when he did that I was like fought me, that's mental. It was. It was
0: that. was for me the point at which I felt like oh Rollins can be something here as well because I felt like Ambrose always had the promos, Rollins was always a bit of a workhorse. And then Reigns was clearly the guy that they wanted to make a big deal. But it was at that point that I sort of thought, actually, you know what? He might be all right on his own. And sure enough, there's an argument to be made that he's been the most successful out of all of them. Uh, Yeah, thoughts on that match, Dal? Uh, No, you're Daryl. You're Dan. Dan? (laughs)
1: Uh, You guys have covered everything. It was a really good match, that whole series when the Shield were just having these amazing six-man tags. Every single match was brilliant, and it showed why those three guys were going to be the focus for years to come. Um, Roman Reigns has kind of messed up. Dean Ambrose is the mid-carder, but Seth Rollins is the guy they've done really well with. Um, the Shield are just were brilliant at that time, and Evolution did a great job with him as well.
0: I think it will come the time when they put them all back together, even if for just for a short run, and that might be the only way to bring Roman Reigns back. And even yeah. then, I feel like they'll put them together Ambrose will get a massive pop, Rollins will get a massive pop, Reigns are coming, boo. I just don't think they should have split him up. I know what you mean. It felt early to me, but at the time, it worked very well. The problem was they transitioned from that into the Ambrose and Rollins feud, which was good. But it almost put Roman to the side. He had the f- match with Randy Orton where he was still quite over at that SummerSlam. Then he got injured, but then they went, "Oh, people might not remember him if he's not on the telly. Let's just put him on the screen all the time, talking about how he's going to be punching fools." <laughs> and then by the time that roll, is that came when he around, said,
2: "I'm going to cock my fist and make it rain in this bitch"?
0: Yes, he did say that. Yes, <laughs> that was not long before suffering soccer. Um. Yeah, Daryl, give us. I'll let you choose whether you want it to be a really good
2: one or a really bad one. Okay. Um, I'll just turn my page to the bad list. Because <laughs> uh, I feel that we're going to have a couple of the same for the good ones, so like, somebody else can bring these up. Um, uh, mine is from 2010, okay. and it's a strap match. What? Exactly. Right. Are you ready for this? Yep. JTG. Versus Shad Gaspard. Oh, my God. Crime time collides. <laughs> Do tell. Right. Firstly, I'm not sure if it's racist that black uh, Blackmon's getting whipped
1: with a leather strap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I,
1: I no, I know. I, they d- probably thought it's either going to be a strap match or a chain match and... Do they want the image of two guys bound together with leather, or do they want them bound with chains? They probably did the better option there, but then as you said, that part doesn't work either. Exactly. <laughs>
2: um, so yeah, so this is the show that I I remember them, I remember them splitting up um, vaguely. I didn't remember them having a match together, um, but JTG comes out in pretty much his old Crime Time gear to the Crime Time music. Shad Gaspard comes down in new gear with new music. So you think they're going to put Shag Gaspard over? No. Really? J- JTG goes over. JTG yeah. beats him. Yeah. So what happens is, it's it's one of the classic things in pretty much every strap match. So uh, Shag Gaspard walks and hits the first turnbuckle, walks towards the second one. Uh, JTG hits the first one. And then like they have both hit three. Then there's a little bit of a tussle. And then JTG hits the fourth one and wins.
1: That's the finish to every strap match. Because one I've yeah. got is the Cena Rusev one. And they had the exact same finish, pretty much.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, that I just wanted to give that I mention because I feel like that no one's going to remember that match.
1: <laughs> no, I, I'm. I do not remember a single thing about that match. <laughs> I'm pleased to do that. I'm pleased that we got it. I, I seen, watched
2: it know? recently.
0: I don't remember much about it. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Right. It's time, gentlemen. Okay. I want you to. I want you to consider your arguments for what you think is the best Extreme Rules match since the pay per view has come to its inception. Okay. But before all right. that, we have to talk about the WLC match. I want to uh, talk lovely, about L <laughs> yes. Cause match. Frankly, I feel like it links into last week. And I know we all watched it because as soon as it came to this and as soon as we did everything last week, it had to come to the WLC match. So leave the memories alone. Hornswoggle and El Torito. Uh,
1: Dan, WLC. I actually like this match
0: so do i yeah 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 it was a great
1: little match for two guys who didn't (laughs) didn't even mean it didn't even mean it yeah it's one of those like lower card feuds that oh dear
0: shut up let him talk and then we can make the joke
1: it just gave it's one of those things where it gives people who didn't have anything to do something to do that's a lot of fun and it actually brought me back to when i first started wrestling uh, watching wrestling um you had things like Dink the Clown and you had the Survivor Series match where it was Doink and his, all these different clowns with him who were all little people against Bam Bam Bigelow and Luna Vashan and things like that. And it was quite entertaining as a kid. And even now I can watch those little bits and just think, yeah, that's, it's fun. It's just a nice little bit of something different before you get to the more intense stuff.
0: Well, I watched this as well, obviously. And um, the real highlight for me was the commentators. Who were genuinely much better than the actual commentators? JB Elf. JB Elf. The thing is, they all had really bad names, and by the end of that, someone had clearly come up with funnier puns. Because, like, one of them said, Oh, who are you? Oh, I'm Jerry the Mini King Lawler. And then eventually someone went, Well, why isn't he Jerry Smaller? It was like, Oh, Well, well yeah, JB
2: Elf was changed halfway through because he, he started as Wee BL or something. Exactly,
0: yeah. And by the end of it, they just started to call him like, better pun names, and it was Micro Cole. <laughs> the daft thing is that even then I think they made more short puns than anybody um and they even had a small
2: announcer and a small uh, referee referee. right the referee um (laughs) I think it's Jinder Mahal. He's stood on the side of the apron and part way through the match. He gets catapulted into the ring and completely wipes the referee
0: out. You need to. Do you know what? Right. If anyone's wanting to watch this, it's Extreme Rules 2004, 2014 kickoff show. It's on the WWE network. Um, it's like the main event of the kickoff. So it's not on the pay per view itself, but it should have been because I remember that show being distinctly average, and this was much better than a lot of the matches on it. One thing I wanted to point out, though, is that, like, we mentioned this last week, Mascarita Dorada, who is um, El Torito, is apparently a, possibly one of the best workers that they had on the roster at the time, but obviously he's, you know, a mini-worker. So I imagine for him it was a bit like, you know when John Cena had that match with Carly and he's like, how am I going to get a
2: match out of him? Because Hornswoggle is rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say he's rubbish. <laughs> um, there's a point in the match where... Um, somebody's on all fours. I can't remember who it is, and Hornswoggle's gonna do this, trying to the spot where, or and you're know, like, "Why don't Randy you boot somebody in the head?" Yep. So Hornswoggle goes to do it, um, and <laughs> the wrestler moves out the way, and because Hornswoggle got disproportionate arms and legs to his body, he kicks himself in the head. <laughs> 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 now, that's a talent. That's... I can't do that.
0: It was very, very amusing. Um. Yeah, uh, Drew
2: McIntyre was involved in this match. Right. He is fucking mental because he did a dive over the top rope, flipped, landed on his back through a table.
0: Nobody caught him. No, there was no one on the table. Whoever had been on the table was long gone by then. I can't remember if it was one of the matadors or if it was um, Torito himself, but I remember seeing that. I was like, the people were even going mad at that. It's like, you're absolutely off your head. If he'd done anything like that in his actual, like chosen one bit he might have got a bit more over but like
2: what who yeah, in the, the right pre-show. mind show this yeah but this match and went right in this match you need to do a flip over top rope through a table and he went yeah all right yeah i'll do that yeah fuck it it's just it's just my back <laughs> i
1: mean it paid off look at him now
2: oh yeah 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 look at him now
1: anyway uh
2: oh, Mahal went through um Oh, and the Matadors went through a stack of tables and chairs from the ring to the floor. And Heath Slater went through four tables from the side of the ring to the floor. They clearly decided, well this we're, we're never gonna
0: have an actual TLC match, so this is our chance to do our spots that people will remember for years to come. So don't worry guys, we've got your back. Um You got anything else to say about this match? That I've much? literally just read all my notes out, mate. No, that, that that Right. So I'm gonna come to Dan first, and then I'm gonna come to Daryl, and then you'll find out what i have intended so dan extreme rules since the inception of the pay-per-view what has been your favorite extreme rules match Hmm. i feel like you should have one ready let's ask (laughs) daryl okay okay daryl i'm gonna let you go because my intention was that he would be able to go first and hopefully you would be able to come up with a different one but okay yeah well
2: we will have a different one because i know he's not seen this okay and this is my favorite match of all time apart from the finish right okay Brock Lesnar vs. John Cena 2012. Yes.
0: I hoped that one of you would have it.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen it.
0: I, I, it, it actually boggles the mind that you haven't seen this match. So I'm quite willing, along with Daryl, to talk about this match to you. But what have you got? Tell me. Um,
1: I'm just looking at my list and thinking there's nothing that really sticks out. Probably the Shield Evolution match is probably my favourite on any of the pay-per-views. Okay. Because that match, like we've already said everything we can about that match. I was gonna just mention like the bigger thing of like the whole gimmick pay per view thing. There's so much that like they, there's some feuds I've listed on my list where it's like I've got the Jericho Punk thing from that one because I have seen that match from that pay per view. Uh, they've got odd matches through the years that are actually, they had stories that m- made an extreme rules match work, but a lot of the time it's just we've got a gimmick pay per view. We've got to do something for it. So like on my li- like the Cena Rusev Russian Strap match, which is just a bit silly. Uh, the kiss me arse match last year as well i'm oh. guessing that was on daryl's awful list
2: um no no he was his time watching no, it no. well they
1: just come up with all these silly gimmicks and i was going to make a point about the whole thing about gimmick pay-per-views is the idea is really great in principle but then a lot of the time like we, we do have these good matches but then a lot of the matches are just kind of oh well uh these two are feuding oh this time it'll be a gimmick match it'll be extreme rules this time or it'll be a ladder's match or whatever Okay,
0: well, you've got a fair point there. I do agree with that. And actually, I was going to make a wider point about that in that um, as much as people sort of complain about, as I mentioned before, the sort of PG thing, I think when you see something that... Uh, well, I think this ties more into the Brock Lesnar and John Cena match. So I'm going to let you talk about that and then I'll bring up my
2: point, which I want to say. So, Daryl, tell us. He elbows him in the fucking skull and cuts <laughs> him open, right? John Cena is crying on the floor and Brock Lesnar looks to the camera and just taps his elbow and smiles. Like, <laughs> he's a fucking savage. I can't believe you've not seen this because, I... right, you I don't know if you still are like a massive MMA fan, but you were at the time. Yeah. And, surely, and you're a big wrestling fan, so surely you think, it, well, Brock Lesnar's it was during, coming back.
1: It was during my wilderness years I wasn't watching at the time. Yeah, but you've seen the Jericho Punk match on the because, same show. That's because I've gone back in and watched whole feuds and that's just not a feud I've watched. Ah, oh, done.
0: Right. I'm actually with Daryl on this. Like, it. I don't know if it is my favorite match, but it's very close. I I will watch it. You YouTube absolutely really have to. It. And in fact, you know what? I'm going to do a callback on this. Right next week, you're going to watch this match. By next week, it's only 25 minutes long. Right, so yeah. it's, relatively speaking, it's not that long a match. It
2: is absolutely 100 percent worth watching, and I could watch it any day. Yeah, you've just got but, to think of it in context as well. So at that time, you had a lot of people going, "Oh, don't like PG. Don't like PG." Brock Lesnar walks in, and all the promos before it—they're doing sit down. You're know, like they're doing UFC where they just sit him yeah. down. So Brock Lesnar's like that going, "Yeah, I'm not an entertainer. I'm a fighter. I'm here to legitimize WWE, and he's legitimizing, and I'm going to do it." Um, that's that's very close to the point I
0: actually wanted to make is that when you—and it's not a criticism of companies like this—but you look at the likes of sort of ECW and at the moment I C W, and they have sort of constant like hardcore action. You know, they've got. Very um, extreme matches just from one show to the next, you know, literally match, match through to the point where you sort of nullify the reactions when something major actually happens because they're just either expecting it to happen or when nothing major is happening, the crowd doesn't react as such. But in this climate, this is part of the reason why I quite like the whole PEG era in general because it means that when something like this match comes along, it makes you stand up and take notice you go well, bloody hell that was that was mental that was amazing because it comes across like an event you, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah i understand yeah yeah so um yeah i'm gonna just...
1: what what we'll do because i'm guessing next week's show will be going through the pay-per-view that's coming on tonight as the show goes out so i will compare each match to the Cena Lesnar match that'll be my review system next week <laughs>
2: Well, well, that's a bullshit review system because <laughs> cause if, like if I was comparing that, every match would be bollocks. <laughs> well, every be, match is, is bollocks. will be, is I, any
1: I, match as good as Cena versus Lesnar? Well,
0: I think, take it on its own merits. We'll ask you about it, see what you think about yeah. it. Then we'll talk about the pay for you and you can tell us if, if you want to. If, if there is
1: isn't a match that is as good but as Cena versus Lesnar. But I tell you now there isn't. Daryl, okay. why isn't
0: there? <laughs> tell me. because Just tell me about the match because like I'm going to talk about it as well, but I'm, I, it's, you've it's, literally it's, said it's your favourite match. Yeah, yeah, like
2: it it does it start with a lock up nope, no, what
0: happens what, tell- <laughs> cena runs at Lesnar and Lesnar takes him down and smacks him in the head yeah, and I
2: don't mean which is genuinely shocking, Because like, 'cause'cause you've got you've got to think about it nine times out of ten the match starts with a lock up uh is there, there's a waist lock there's a headlock we come off the ropes Lesnar's not running ropes Le- Lesnar's taking him down and hitting him. And, like, he's putting him in. He's laying him in because he cuts him open legit. There's no, like, hidden blade job there. He fucking slices him open. Brock Lesnar's got some cut on his back somehow because Cena's trying to fight back. Like, it, it's it's crazy. And then um, the finish of them. Well, I don't know if you want to talk about the finish now. I don't like the finish of the match, but... Um, I wanted to say about the moment where Brock Lesnar
0: grabs the... Is it Cena who brings the stairs in? Because... I. I did watch this and I actually can't remember who brought them in, but all I remember is the stairs somehow get involved, but it's not the top stairs, it's the bottom bit. And the stairs arrive in the ring, and at one point, Brock Lesnar is stood on top of the stairs, telling John Cena to bring it on because he's the fucking king. Like, I don't think he exactly says that, but frankly you can tell that's what he's thinking. Don't Leslie do that mental dive in that match as well. This is the other thing I was gonna say. At one point, Brock Lesnar starts Go. He, he runs the ropes maybe three or four times at all in this match. One time, which is Cena's on the apron he just runs the ropes and just whacks him off it. And then at one time, he clearly thinks, I'm the fucking beast here. I can do whatever the fuck I like. Because this is his first match back in WWE in years. And he's like, I'm fucking mint. I'm going to absolutely slide. And he runs across the ring and lobs himself over the rope. And I don't mean like he does a plancher or he flies through. No, no. He throws himself, like fist first. Like... <laughs> As if he's like fucking Superman or something. Over the rope and lands on Cena. I don't even think he lands on him properly, but he looks like an absolute savage. And it it lends something to your Brock Lesnar. This is where it all began yeah, for this Lewis run. But here's an interesting thing. We're going to talk about the finish. And I want you to talk to me about it. I want to say, I, I think I know
2: why it happens like that. Okay, well, the, the only issue I've got is Cena wins. And it's not me... Being a Cena hater, I like you know I like Cena. I'd rap to Cena, dress up to Cena. I don't care, right? Yep. Um, But Brock Lesnar's coming back, and obviously they don't know years later he's going to end Undertaker's streak. Mm-hmm. They probably don't realise they're going to put the belt on him. Mm-hmm. However, I think it's all lessened every time you have him lose before you do stuff like that. I don't think he should have come in and, and be beaten by John Cena. Cena could beat him later on. I don't have an issue with that. But I just think that you come in your first night in, you fucking beat the main guy in company. See you later. Right, who's next? Right, I'll have him. And then you just plow through people. I think he should still be champion now. Hmm. I just think they should have just kept it on him because just bring him in every so often to defend it. Um, But yeah, I, I just didn't like that Cena won. And then they had that weird thing after the weird promo that he cut after that he sort of sat on the stairs going, oh yeah, my arm's pretty beat up. I'm probably going to get told off by my boss because uh, I shouldn't be speaking out of turn. I'm probably going to go away for a little while. Then he turned up next night on Raw. So I don't, I don't know what that was all about.
0: Well, I'm going to I'm gonna defend Cena a bit for the promo because I genuinely do think that at that point he was expected to be away for a while because he'd just been absolutely pagged. And he probably thought at some point was gonna. someone was going to go, yeah, he should probably take a bit of time off. But of course they weren't going to because they pretty much thought he was the golden goose. But here's the thing on this. And this is why I think they did the finish. I agree with you that they were wrong too, right? Because knowing what we know now, in context, looking back at that, you go, well, that was a mistake. He should have beaten John Cena in his first night in the company. Here's why I don't think they did. They had Brock Lesnar signed to a one-year deal, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Which had a certain number of dates. I genuinely think they didn't expect him to fulfill any more than this date. Or, well, let me clarify what I mean by that. I think they were proofing themselves in case he didn't. Okay. Because yeah. he's got a history of doing whatever the fuck he likes, which is mint. And I love him for that. But I honestly think they went, right, well, we've definitely got him for this show. He's definitely going to do this show. We need to have Cena beat him because we need to establish that Cena's our guy and he's better than this UFC guy. Because if he never comes back and if he never does the job, say he beats Cena his first night and then he's like, yeah, I, I, I did the wrestling match, but it's all gay shit. I don't want to do it ever again. I'm off to hunt. I think there was a, a nagging doubt in their mind that he was gonna fulfil his contract and I think they wanted to make sure they got that win out of him for Cena in case he didn't come back. Now, as I say, knowing what we know, it was absolutely the wrong move and he should have he did destroy him, but he should have won. But I feel like that's why they did it.
2: Yeah, I can see what you're saying.
0: Um
2: as far as the promo
0: at the end goes uh, like I say, I'm not I'm not gonna rag on him for it, but it is true. Having watched this match, this match is in Chicago, right? It's while CM Punk's still with the company, and yes, the same match as the Cena Jericho, same event as yeah. Cena Jericho. Yeah, so, fun. but but that's worth bearing in mind because obviously Chicago has since has just become a haven for like CM Punk chants anyway, and he does make a mention of the fact that this is always CM Punk's town, and this is obviously some years after they've had that Money in the Bank match, the five star, by the way everyone remember, Dave Meltzer gave John Cena a five star match uh, so don't forget that um, Cena does win parts of the crowd over, I think, during this match genuinely, I believe that he wins parts of the crowd over because this match is so brutal and he takes an absolute fucking kick in now he wins anyway which is mildly annoying, but it, to explain the finish, he hits him with a chain, doesn't he? Yeah, because yeah, then...
2: he comes out with his chain and padlock on, doesn't he, like from back in day. Yeah,
0: because they did the, the, this angle. like They had Edge come out and unannounced and like have a promo on him saying, you're, you're being a massive pussy, mate. You need to actually like man up and pack at this guy because he's going to kick the fuck out of you. Um, and so I think John Cena's work in this match is really good. And I think part of the reason he does the promo at the end is because I do feel like he sort of wins over Chicago a little bit. Which is a big deal at the time. Because obviously CM Punk's still there and CM Punk's still their guy.
2: Yeah.
0: But I agree with you. Definitely the best match in Extreme Rules history. Uh, Dan, I know you've not seen it yet. So I guess you can't really have much of a rebuttal. But hopefully next week we'll have a bit more on your opinion of it. Yes. I think you'll very much enjoy it.
1: Okay.
0: And with that... That's the end of the show. Um, I'd like to say thank you to Daryl. You're welcome. And thank you to Dan. All right. Um, don't forget, you can find us on facebook.com slash Royal Grumble. Uh, sorry, Sorry, There, I, I put it at the end of the show, so now I'm <laughs> back to doing it wrong again. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Royal Grumble Pod uh, or send us an email at pod at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening. Catch you down the road. Catch you down the road. Thank you mind when I get started